This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. You've always heard it's better to give than to receive, right? Well, around the holiday times, this certainly has one application. Yet what about relationships? If we were to follow you around and watch how you behave in your most important relationships, are you the type of person who shows up looking to receive from others before you give? Or are you the type of person who gives before they receive? It's an interesting reflection. And there's a reason that we ask you this. We've all heard that if you want to build a great business, have a great career, it comes down to the quality of your relationships. Yet when we look at your goals that you set, you're really setting goals intentionally around the activities you can do over the next year to ensure that the result is these deep, meaningful relationships. For many people, this is an area of opportunity. And this is why we're having this conversation today because there are some surprisingly simple things that you can do starting immediately that if you did over the course of the next year would truly transform the depth of the relationships that you have which would ultimately set you up to receiving things in the long run that'll help you in your career. If you choose to put this into action, please circle back with us and let us know how it goes. We love to feature people like you, people who are living the principles of the one thing, putting the practice of this podcast into action and getting real results. With that, let's get into this conversation with author of The Connector's Way, a story about building business one relationship at a time, Patrick Galvin. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. How long ago was it that you came across the one thing? Probably for the first time in 2017. What was uh, the beginning of 2017? Where were you and what was going on in your life at the time? I had just come, I had come out with my book a year before, and I was looking for ways to. Uh, so I have a business parable. So, how do you go from a parable to action? And I came across the one thing as I was searching for ways that people could take the ideas and tips that I had and translate them into real activities. And I was looking for books on developing focus and your the one thing kept popping up in a variety of different online forums. So that's what prompted me to get it. Ah, very cool. Very cool. And when we talk about your your expertise is really around 
relationships. How did you fall into that business? Actually, the hard way. <laughs> I went to business school and I thought that the answer to uh, success in business was all about marketing and advertising. And I spent a lot of money uh, trying that approach, uh, first for some other companies, and then I joined my family's business. And I discovered very quickly that you don't advertise your way to success, that our success and the success of everyone I know in business who is making it is predicated on the ability to build and maintain strong relationships. That sounds surprisingly simple, yet why (laughs) is it seldomly done? I'll tell you what, it it should be surprisingly simple, but I went to a good business school. I've talked to a lot of people who've gotten MBAs from great schools. So, So in business school, they focus on marketing and sales and all of these tactical things that you can do. But the reality is it's, it's about relationships. Now, my story is I spent about $150,000 for my family's business in the first seven months as marketing director. And then I was waiting for this flood of business to come in as a result of all this brilliant marketing. And not much happened. Mm-hmm. And that, that set me off in a whole new direction. This was about 20 years ago, where I started looking at, well, what does it take to succeed in business? And what I found over and over again is that those who were successful were really good at building strong relationships. And I realized that's where I needed to improve my skill set. That's going to be the purpose of this episode is to really dive in and how do we unpack what are the dominoes that we have to line up that if you knocked them down over time would lead to building strong relationships that help drive the growth of your business and the, frankly, the, the richness of your life, where would be the best place for us to begin? Well, uh, in my book, I have seven rules. And I'm oftentimes asked, the seven rules of building business one relationship at a time, which is the most important rule? So getting it, I think, what is the, the lead domino, so to speak, is that of being of service. So the rule as stated in my book is serve others without consideration for how you're going to benefit. That's the overarching principle. By giving, we get back in abundance. And that sounds very generic and very aspirational. So the key is how do you translate that down to activities and mindsets that allow you to actually leverage that rule? Take us there. That's that's exactly where I would have gone. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that so many people think is The key to business, and that's what I thought when I was back in my advertising-centric ways, is basically you're pushing your message out onto other people, and the quality of your message is going to bring them into relationship with you. And it's a very um, broadcast version of success. You know, I stand on my platform and I make all these great statements, and then people are going to want to do business with me. And what I have discovered over and over again is that it is not broadcasting that brings success. It's really getting to know the people that you currently serve, the people who you want to serve, and figure out how you can bring value to them. And it's not always going to be the same. It's not this big paintbrush. Uh, Individual needs are different. But it's taking the time to figure out where people are and then delivering the value that for them. So this is worth diving into because I remember really early in my journey trying to figure out when I was still in medical sales, trying to figure out how do I start a business? And I remember surrounding myself with these people that were um, people I perceived to be more successful than me or further along the journey. And somebody saying, yeah, just bring value to them, which led to a very natural question. How the heck do I do that? How do I bring (laughs) value to somebody who, in my mind, is light years ahead of me? Walk us through that. 
Well, honestly, sometimes the simplest answer is the best. Um, so you can guess uh, what might bring somebody value, but why not ask? Uh, about five years ago, I gave a presentation in an industry that I had never spoken to before. And the gentleman who hired me to speak in this industry, after I was done, said, hey, that was a great presentation. How can I help you? And I said, well, I like your industry. I'd love to speak more in it. And he said, okay, I'm going to make some introductions for you. Well, those introductions that he made, and there were initially two, and then a third one came about six months later, they got me started in an industry that now represents a good third of our business. That never would have happened without one person asking how he could be of service. Now, the cool thing about that story is a few years after he had that, uh, that, 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 that urge to help me, he was on the job market. And he was looking for work. And as soon as I saw that, I asked him how I could help him. And he said, well, any leads that you can have? So I recommended a few. And because this guy is a giver, but he gives through asking how he could be of most utility, uh, not only was I helping him out, but he had a just a, a flood of people who wanted to wanted to provide a lead, wanted to provide some assistance to him. So he was clearly living that that notion of giver's gain. You know, mm-hmm. he that's the way he runs in his own professional life. And when he had a need, everybody he knew wanted to serve him, and they were, of course, knowing that the right thing to do with this guy was to ask. Yeah, and it, I love how you said that. Some prize sometimes the the simplest answer is the best one. For some reason, I don't know why we think that we have to have this crystal ball and have absolute clarity on how we can help people in order for us to be able to bring value to other people when you simply can ask. Ask them out of everything that's going on in your world right now, what are you focusing on and how can I support it? Simple, simple questions that unlock so many possibilities. Yes, you'd think everyone would do that, but think about yourself and how often do people so there's two parts of that it's ask and then this is a big one follow through mm, say more yeah because I, I i know people who go through some sales training course or they're told they should ask but then when you do ask and they don't follow through well it's better that they never asked at all mm-hmm. because <laughs> you let people down when you don't follow through and unfortunately i think there are more people who are good at the asking than there are at the following through part. So it's it's a two-part activity. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. And because I think at least I'll, I'll just speak from my my own experience when I was just so intentional on surrounding myself with people who were where I wanted to be, trying to upgrade my five and realizing I didn't always know um, that I could be the person to deliver value. Yet like the story that you shared, that person didn't have to be the direct he didn't have to be the person to say, yes, I'm going to hire you. He was able to connect you to other people. And that idea of just being a super connector brought immense value. It's a third of your business today. Yes. And I think, I think for you who's listening to this, I think you greatly underestimate the value that you can bring to people. Because somewhere in your mind, you think that if you ask somebody where they need help, and if they give you an answer, that if you can't solve that direct problem, that you're not bringing value. Yet, I, lo- I love that. More, yeah, infinite more comes from connecting people. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's a huge thing. Being a connector of your connections. Keith Ferrazzi talked about that in his book, Never Eat Alone. Great mm-hmm. book. Uh, is bring people together, and that single practice can be transformative. I have a client, an attorney. She's 
a self-declared introvert, hates going to networking events. And I suggested that tactic of going into her LinkedIn list of contacts, finding people who would be of strategic interest to one another and invite them out to lunch or coffee. And that is her single best marketing practice today is just bringing people together. And she loves it. It doesn't put her on the spot. It brings people together in relationship. And regardless of whether they strike strike it off personally or professionally, they're always super grateful to her for having facilitated that connection. And she says that's brought her more business than any other thing she's done just by bringing people together. And she's not on the spot for being a great conversationalist. She's delivered value just by getting people literally to the same table. Hold on. So So let's unpack this. So you're saying this woman, she's got a business. And what she will do is look through her database, find people that she thinks should know each other, and then reach out to both of them and invite them to all to meet with her in one place. So the three of them sit down? Exactly. The three of them sit down over lunch, over coffee. And the conversation, she's really not very involved in it. She's making the introductions and she might be prompting it along because she knows something about both parties. But she sees it as an opportunity for two people to make a strategic connection. And it's so much easier because you're with somebody who's been vetted by this person you trust, the woman who introduced the two of you to come come together at a meal or coffee. And when I share this with people, this is so rarely utilized in business today. And it is incredibly valuable. How, How would your listener feel if somebody did this for him or her? Would they have a changed perception of the person who brought them together with somebody who might be of strategic interest? I think the answer is obvious. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So yeah. let's fly up to, 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 to 10,000 feet. So I'm, sure. hear, I'm hearing first and foremost from a foundation. When, when we look at that lead domino is you first and foremost have to be the type of person who gives before they receive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, talk, d- dissect this because I, I think this is an important part. You Because you said giving without any expectation of a return. Sounds mm-hmm. really simple. That's challenging in practice. Oh, believe me. I, I know from firsthand experience, it can be challenging, especially if you're being the crunch of your quarterly sales goal that is not uh, coming up to snuff fast enough. It's very easy. And we're directed sometimes by the people we work for to focus on immediate results. And I think that it could be really hazardous to our long-term success as a professional. Um, you know, yes, we've got to meet our numbers. If we go for the kill all the time and we're not building relationships, well, we could be short-term winners but long-term losers because we can get that sale, but maybe alienate a relationship in the process. So it's saying to yourself, okay, I have these objectives, but long-term, I want to be a relationship builder. So what are the things that I can do? that help me in the long-term build quality relationships. And once you have that prism on, then when it comes to figuring out what social media you should be on, what activities you should be doing in the real world, if you always go back to, what am I doing that will allow me to be of utmost service to the people who I'm currently in a business relationship with now and who I want to be in a relationship with in the future? Mm. If you use that prism to make decisions, there's a lot of things that you can decide make sense and others activities that you can eliminate. And there's just so much going on out there that it's important to be able to say no to things. And I know that uh, that's a big part of the one thing is being able to say no, but you can say no very intelligently in a, in a 
business growth sense if you know what is it what is it that builds relationships and what is just simply an activity in which you can spin your wheels on a lot but not see much of a return. Can you give us an example of a time that you, you talk about running it through this prism, a time that you did that for yourself? So we realized that we were spending a lot of time broadcasting on social media, like a lot of businesses. And if our focus is building relationships, is it really worth us spending a couple of hours a day trying to create the ultimate ultimate social media posts? Or would we be better served by looking at what others that we know are doing in social media and validating what they're doing by liking, commenting, and sharing their posts? Or spending our time in some channels that are definitely social media, but ones that a lot of people don't think about, which is going on certain uh, platforms like LinkedIn and spontaneously writing a recommendation for somebody. I could broadcast to everyone on my list, but I would derive more value from just taking five minutes, going into LinkedIn and clicking on recommend and recommending somebody from my heart uh, because it's an easy thing for me to do. I, I know this person well. And I will always get a positive response and a deeper relationship with that person for doing it. So we've really switched up uh, what we do with social media. It's much less about us standing on our soapbox and a lot more figuring out how to help other people grow using the cool tools that so many social media platforms have for you, doing that. You walked me through this when we had lunch and it was it was surprising. And you, you just went over it, but I have a feeling that the listener might have missed it. Talk about the power of recommending others on social platforms. Okay, so first, let's think about LinkedIn. 85% of all Americans who work have a LinkedIn profile. The sad thing is, for most people, it's just something that they're going to think about when they're looking for work. They don't think about it as a uh, relationship-building tool, which is, I think, the best one out there. So you can go into LinkedIn, and if you're connected to somebody, you've got to be connected to them. You can click on their name, and right next to their little picture on LinkedIn, there's going to be a button that you click, and it's recommend this person. So you click that. And then a screen will pop up on your computer and it will say, you know, write your recommendation. And it should take you no longer than about five minutes. It's not an essay. It's a short paragraph, three to five sentences is fine. Speak from the heart, tell the world about what it is about that person that you admire as a professional. If there's some personal characteristics that are relevant, include those. You don't want to use canned language. It's not the same recommendation for everybody. But once you start getting into the flow of this, it's actually very, very easy to do. When you click send, they will immediately get an email notification from LinkedIn saying, hey, you have this recommendation. They'll click on it. And here's the funny thing. For most people, it'll be the first time in their life that they've ever received a recommendation without asking for it. I've experienced this over and over again. And you will hear from them. Uh, and it will usually be over the top in terms of their enthusiasm. Wow, no one's ever done this for me before. Oh, this is amazing. This is so great. And you don't do it for a quid pro quo, but <laughs> people respond. People respond to this stuff. There's a great book um, called Influence by Robert Cialdini. And he talks about reciprocity. When you serve others and you're doing this because it's the right thing to do, this is a person who you really have a lot of respect for. What do they want to do in return? They want to serve you back. And I, I, there's story after story of recommendations I've written for people where within months of doing that, I got a referral from somebody who had never referred business to me. Can you, so, sh can you share an example? Oh, sure. Um, I did one for a, a realtor friend of mine. It's one that I should have done a long time ago. Uh, true story. I was trying to uh, 
advocate for what I'm talking about in a speech. So I did it for a PowerPoint slide. I wanted to show people what a recommendation looked like on a PowerPoint slide. And I clicked um, on uh, save screen and embedded it in my PowerPoint slide. And then afterwards, I sent it to him. I should have sent it to him a long time ago. And within about three weeks, he referred me to a really cool speaking engagement. And he told me that he had received 35 recommendations on LinkedIn. I was the second one that he had ever gotten without asking for it. And that is very typical. Hmm. Now, he just wanted to do something nice for me because it was a unusual action that someone had done for him. And the cool thing was, it wasn't hard. It's something I should have done a long time ago. And it just reminded me of all of the thousands of connections that we have, how easy it is when we have five minutes of downtime to make a real difference in somebody's life. And that's just on that one platform alone. Um, there's other platforms you can go to and do this for. For instance, you can go onto Google or Yelp and write a review. If someone has a retail establishment, a restaurant, uh, professional services business, those reviews are worth their weight in gold. Well, if you do business with somebody and you like the service they provide for you, why wouldn't you take five minutes of your time to recommend them? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I, I feel like a lot of people post reviews on Yelp when they've had a negative experience, but how often do we do it when it's been a positive one? Absolutely. Unfortunately, not nearly enough. So this is this one is striking me because I'm thinking about very specific people that, you know, I I've genuinely had an amazing experience with through some of the trainings that we've done inside of these companies. And to take a matter of minutes to go on LinkedIn and to write a recommendation for them, just just to say thank you. And just because it's genuinely how I feel, I put myself in their shoes and have to imagine how impactful that will be. And and, and then I, what I want the listener to hear is, think about the reward you just get from doing that. Isn't that just enough? Just the sheer gratitude that you would feel in that moment, let alone what might come in the future? Oh, absolutely. And there's been so many studies. There's a professor out of uh, University of California, Davis, Rob, uh, Robert Emmons. And he's written about the, the the psychic rewards of gratitude, comparing students who you know keep a gratitude journal versus those who don't. But it translates into this activity too. When you are living gratefully, um, the quid pro quo part of gratitude—it's nice, it's really good for business. But the wonderful thing about it is you gain just from the act of being grateful in a way that's impactful for the recipient. And you can write a thank you email or text. But you write a recommendation on LinkedIn, that is going to live with that person forever. And everyone connected to that person, when they go to that individual's profile, is going to see that. That means a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to I recap what we've heard so far because I'm hearing one of the big challenges or pitfalls that people fall into is, is that tension between doing what we need to do to get immediate results versus doing the simple things that if we did them over time would lead to these extraordinary results. And it's that tension. Um, we, we're so busy focusing on what we need now that we sacrifice doing what will give us what we want for a lifetime. And what I'm hearing you say here, Patrick, is really simple things. like Being the type of person who comes from contribution first. Being the type of person who will simply slow down and write one recommendation at a time over time can really lead to building some extraordinary relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. And just people need to focus. And what I love about the one thing is you're 
the notion of time blocking. Mm. Why wouldn't you time block uh, some moments to do some recommendations? If they're as powerful as they are, isn't that worthy of some attention during your time block? Yeah, sure, sure. So if I'm if I'm listening to this, I'm going, okay, this makes a lot of sense. I want to do something about this. How would they figure out where they should begin? Well, a great way to get some inspiration is go into your LinkedIn profile and click on connections and just start looking at the names of the people that you're connected to. And those that jump out to you immediately is, hey, these people have made a difference in my professional life. Well, I would go to those people first because it's going to be real easy to write Mm. the recommendations for those folks. Mm. And there might be some folks that are not as, um, you don't have that same personal history with, but what limited history you have certainly would be enough to write a short recommendation. Well, then go to those people next. Um, and one one cool thing to kind of keep in mind with recommendations, this is a, a pro tip, is if people see that you write a lot of recommendations, there might be some who think this is a business tactic. So one thing that most people don't know is when you go into LinkedIn, you can actually go into your profile and under the recommendations tab, you can click. So it wouldn't show up if people were on your profile who you've recommended or how many you've recommended. The recommendation would still show up on that other person's profile, huh. but it wouldn't show up on yours. And the reason why I share that is I've I've talked to some professionals, let's say a, a mortgage loan officer. He works with a multiplicity of realtors. He might not want every realtor to know all the realtors he's recommended. Well, he can just turn it off so they wouldn't know. Uh, it would still show up on that realtor's recommend, uh, profile page. Uh, but that's just a, a, a pro tip. So if you are recommending others, um, you don't necessarily have to have the whole world know every single recommendation you wrote. For you who's listening to this, I, I would go back to that FM Alexander quote. People do not decide their futures. They decide their habits. And their habits decide their futures. In this case, if relationships is something that you really want to make core to your business, what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? And you know, Patrick, you've thrown out a great suggestion, which is, can you just write one recommendation? I could totally see some of you going on a 66-day challenge of writing one recommendation a day. That's it. I mean, it takes you minutes to do it. I would, If any of you take do do that, please let us know. Email me, jeff at theonething.com. I would love to hear how that goes. It could even possibly be a future episode. No promises, but I could see that being very interesting. But I would really challenge you guys because... <sighs> At the end of, when we fast forward to the end of our time here on this earth, what we really want is to be happy. And the things that matter most to so many of us are those relationships. And Patrick, I don't know about you, but it just seems like they're often taken for granted. Right. And we just don't know how much time we have to recognize the people that are important to us. I've lost some people very close to me in the last couple of years, and I've gotten some uh, messages from people who are really sick. And when I think about these folks, and some of them I, Feel like you know we had a great relationship over time, and others, you know, there's a certain measure of regret. I'm busy; they've been busy, and we haven't connected nearly as much as as we should have. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think and give pause. Uh, so I, I'm I'm 100 with you on that, Jeff. Yeah. What have we not talked about that we should be talking about? Well, so when it comes to recommendations, I um, I think we can do things. Uh, on the online platforms, I saw something really cool uh, that happened to me 
just a couple of weeks ago, and it's only happened one other time. I thought it was brilliant. I got a email from a realtor who was introducing me to somebody she thought I should meet. But what was really neat about it was it was a one-minute video that she recorded for both of us. Mm. And she had our contact information on the email. But rather than writing, she talked with great passion and enthusiasm. It was a one-minute video on why we were both great people and, and, and the reason why we should meet together. And you could bet we both connected and we've had a meeting and it was fantastic. And when I went back to the person who did that recommendation that we get together, she told me that she is doing these all the time. And it's way faster for her to create a little video than it is for her to type. She says she's dyslexic, doesn't like typing. Mm. And she says this is her single best practice now for growing her business is connecting people, but using technology, video in this case, uh, to send out this short little introduction. I thought that was brilliant. So once you kind of get on this relationship jag, uh, your mind will open up to how you can leverage technology to do that. And it's um, it's really cool. There's a lot of great tools out there for us to use. Um, and I think the the one-on-one communication or the, the one-on-two communication can be way more effective than just broadcasting from your social media platform. I, I will say I, for a period of time, used BombBomb to send video emails. And especially from a customer service standpoint, it's one thing to to respond to something and say, I'm so sorry for the experience. But another one, they actually saw my face and I'm calling them, Hey, Sean, you know, I, I, I really appreciate your email, blah, blah, blah. This is what we're doing about it. I would get an email back from Sean and he would just be blown away. I, mean, I would have typed the words anyways. But the fact that it was a video, it just made it slightly different. Yeah. Well, BombBomb's a great product. There's also a, a free product out there that I've been using a lot called Loom, L-O-O-M. Uh, very similar to BombBomb. You don't have to pay for it. So that's uh, that's always a, an upside thing for some people. And Loom is a plugin, is it for Google Chrome? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've played with that one as well. So... Well, there you go, folks. You have two tools you can check out, BombBomb or Loom, to see if either of those might be a fit for you. Patrick, where can people learn more about you and The Connector's Way? The best place to go to is theconnectorsway.com. And from there, they can read all about the book, uh, all the other things that we do in conjunction with the book. Uh, It's theconnectorsway.com. Awesome. And for those of you, when he said it's a parable, if you don't know what that means, it means it's it's written as a story. So fast read, easy to go through. And they'll walk you through the seven rules for building business one relationship at a time. Patrick, thank you so much for coming on the show. Jeff, thanks for your time. I really enjoyed the conversation. Likewise. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with Patrick Galfin, author of The Connector's Way, a story about building business one relationship at a time. Here's what we were hoping to accomplish in this episode, folks, is we've all heard relationships are important and relationships are the core of business. Yet, oftentimes there's a gap between there's the what to do and then there's the how do you do it. We wanted to dive into the how. We wanted every single one of you to have a sense of what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. One suggestion that I'm going to put into practice today is to write a recommendation. Are you willing to hold yourself to the same standard that you know you got a return on the investment of your time in this episode if you wrote one recommendation? Because if you can prove to yourself that you can knock that domino down once, what does it get you back up to do? 
possibly write a next one and a next one and a next one. And over time, if you did this consistently, what impact would that have on those relationships? What impact would it have on the way that those people think about you? Think of the gratitude and appreciation that you would feel doing it. And just maybe something might be in it for you over the long run. And if you'd like to turn this into a 66-day challenge so that it becomes a habit, head over to onething.com. That's with the number one in the URL. Under the free stuff page, you will see the 66-day challenge calendar. You can download this thing. And every day that you write that review, put a big red X on the calendar. I would be amazed. I'm really challenging somebody in this audience to do this because I think that could be a very, very interesting podcast episode in the future. If you do it, email us, jeff at the one thing.com. That's with the number one in the URL and tell us all about your story. And for that, the show is all about you. If you think you have a great story of how you've gone about living the one thing, please send us an email to there as well. If this episode has brought value to you, please share it with somebody. Share it with one person and say, hey, I really think this is going to bring value to you and here's why. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Please click that subscribe button so all future episodes are automatically downloaded to your device. We also hope that you will consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcast player of choice. It helps us live our purpose and reach more people by helping them have a relationship with their goals, by taking back control of their time and gaining clarity about how they want to invest it. Thanks so much, folks. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.